Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to bleep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome! I'm trying to think of something scary and I didn't really, really prepare, so I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll run with scissors. Oh, I got scissors, that's scary! Oh, Halloween episode, scary scissors! Oh, <laughs> hey, welcome! Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan! And all of my pencils just fell. Uh, <laughs> that's what I get for not preparing. Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. I am Joel. And I'm Ryan. You know, it, it actually could have been worse with you running with scissors, knocking over pencils is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I guess pretty uh, that... level one consequence of that uh, act of recklessness yeah. and, on your part. Yeah. And frankly, that area of my desk probably should have been cleaned a long time ago. Anyway, now I have motivation to do so. Uh, welcome. We are so happy to have you here. It is uh, old school, just Ryan and I, because it is the big giant halloween rundown list uh, Ryan, of terror you called it the, last year <laughs> yes the list of terror i um, think that's this, pretty good and we're gonna go with that from now on so. i i love it the 2022 list of terror Ooh. uh and um you know and and what that means if you uh don't remember from last year ryan secludes himself in his uh in his um uh home in his living room uh shuts off all the lights and he um uh, subjects himself to watching uh, horror movie, scary movie, uh, Halloween themed movie, creepy movie. He subjects himself to all of it, uh, everything that is out. And what's perfect is, is when this podcast comes out, you still have all. You still have Halloween day and night. You can once the trick or treaters are gone. You can <laughs> for you a change. We're getting it out. Yeah, before the holiday. Although just before, I'll say I've just said it before, before, and I'll say it again. Uh, once the hundreds of thousands of listeners come in, I promise I'll watch Halloween movies in September so that you can get this show a month in advance instead of a day in advance. Um, (laughs) but like always, we've done this, some version of this every year since we've been on, which is five years now, almost to Mm -hmm. the day. And you can go back and listen to last year's to get suggestions for this year, you know, stuff like that. I think that's... For the time being, that might be how it has to work. Or, you know, right. play play this on your commute, you know, to, on Halloween day. It might be fun to listen to. We'll see. And I guess, because we can't have any time because this list is massive. Oh, yeah. we yeah. I promised a shorter list uh, um, a few weeks ago. I completely betrayed that promise to you. Because <laughs> um, I just, you know, I set aside the time wasn't so much the movies, but the time. And I just kept watching. Whenever I had free time, I started another one. And it, as you guys know, that's the world now. It's so easy. We've tried to include all the streaming services that these are available on. When you hear 
I, my pay service of preference is Voodoo. So when you hear Voodoo, these still mm -hmm. cost money, probably. And there's a good chance I didn't quite get this right or that I got my streaming info outdated and this stuff isn't on these services, some of these anymore. But we, we did the best we could. Some of them are exclusive to them. Your Netflixes and Paramounts and Shutter right. Entertainment, like those really are pretty solid and reliable, so... And then I guess there's a third thing, Joel. Like I say every year, this is a recommendation show. So it's not so, although I'm happy to give my opinion for however long it takes to get through all these, but it's not, I mean, that, and I think it's valid, or I didn't, we wouldn't be beaming it out into the world at risk to our reputations and egos. Right. Um, but. It, this is a recommendation show, so my goal here is to provide clarity to set these apart from one another in ways that you can that'll stick in your head if they're things that sound good to you. And if I can recommend the quality, then great. But the the real the bigger thing is what kind of horror movie do you like? It, almost every kind is here. I even got a slasher mm -hmm. in for a change, which I normally don't have on my list. Yeah. Um. So it. Listen to it with that ear. Future Halloweens or, you know, if you want to cram Halloween night, that's that's what these list of terrors are about. They're same kind of as our end of the year episodes, you know, or year in review right. episodes. It's like you got to make up your own minds about this stuff, of course. That goes without saying. But I really am trying to help you do that, not, not yeah. just pontificate for my – or entirely for my own benefit, we'll just say. Right. And another change for this year is I have actually seen three of these. Woo! I know. <laughs> I don't like scary movies. Uh, I don't like it. And especially with uh, the the current trend of the last five, six, seven years of really creepy kids. Nope, mm. that ain't my jam. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, speaking of... That's creepy. Yeah, that is creepy. creepy. Yeah, I, I pretty yeah. much don't like horror movies either. I mean, we talked about it on the show. I it's not that I don't like them. I like them fine, but mm -hmm. I consider uh, comedies and horror films like really, really bad cinematic bets. The proportion of garbage to good ones is completely out of whack in those genres, in my opinion. So sure, sure. I try and pick them as carefully as I can. There's all kinds of major event films out there that scream remake slash sequel slash prequel slash reboot that won't be talked about. Halloween's these last of the Halloween movies, if you believe that for a second. <laughs> last of the Halloween movies. You know, yeah. um, that's just it's no thanks. Yeah. I'm just that's not really my deal and 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 uh so these are going to be a little off, little more off the beaten path with a couple of, I think, I got a couple of big ones in there. So sure, we'll see. great. All right, well, let's jump right into it. This is the 2022 List of Terror. Yikes. There you go. Right. Um Woo! She, she's not she's not ready for the list of terror. As, uh, all right, so let's <laughs> As always we've broken these down into nice digestible categories for you. 
Yep. And I, I wish I had like the uh Which the I think are funny. look who's back back again. Because that is our first uh our first subject heading is look uh, look who's back. And uh <laughs> and the uh we're gonna start off with 2021's Netflix film Army of Thieves. Not really a horror movie of any kind. It's it's a prequel to Army of the Dead, which it's, it's kind of nice to start with Army of Thieves because we ended the last show last year with Army of the Dead, which was which I didn't like, but I really did try and sort of defend what was good about it. Zack Snyder's massive two and a half hour zombie heist flick with uh which was both a zombie movie and a horror movie and an action movie and a crime movie. And it also <laughs> fell into that category, which we love the most, the Batista category. Um, this is absent Batista. Uh, you're going to have to remind, oh. I hope, I know this is a ton of movies made, it but is, you're going to have yeah. to remind me yep. what the, who the director and star of this movie is. He was uh, yep. one of the more this memorable is... parts of Army of the Dead. Uh, directed by my, my, uh, Matthias uh, Schweinhofer. Schweinhofer. Yeah, guess uh, what country he also, he's from. <laughs> yeah, and he also stars. Yeah. Um, it's a prequel yeah. about his character and about a crime that he... Uh, and Natalie Emanuel's in this, right? She's going to come yep, up Yep, Natalie Emanuel's in it. Yep, love her. Uh, so it... It, it's a prequel and it's just a heist movie really he's really good he's a safe cracker and you know is his sort of heist expertise and i was stunned by how much i liked this more than uh i didn't love it or anything but i was stunned by how much i liked it more than army of the dead this film had um you know it had warmth to it that that movie didn't have these characters mm. connected with each other in ways that that movie didn't attempt to do um it it's just and there's just something about him he's a, just a even in army of the dead he's this sort of he's frightened all the time but he's this cuddly guy that you that you like and root for and him being at the heart of the story and it being sort of an origin story he has zombie nightmares about the impending zombie apocalypse throughout the film but other than that there's no real horror element to this it's an old-fashioned euro heist movie with sneaking around and breaking into stuff and the whole practicing it before you do it and then the car chases and the betrayals and all the double crosses and everything that comes after um it was fun in that way and natalie and and uh, matthias were just really really great and his direction was really visually assured and it had a lot of that it still had a lot of that slick zach and deborah snyder sort of trademark uh i don't know what you call it over yeah. productionness or whatever. yeah yeah it's, it, it uh, yeah, still it, had that in ways that which you can see how this these go together but I, I sort you of know, feel like we can just call it Snyderness. It's got Snyderness. It does to have it. some Snyderness to and, it, yeah. And, and but, people will know what that means, yeah. But the biggest flaws of Army of the Dead, the the bloatedness, the the you know the kind of stupidity and and the darkness of humanity is not really present here in this. You know it, mm -hmm. and that's that's a real common theme. I don't know if I picked these out, but it's a real common theme throughout these films. The that something's different about you and society doesn't know what to do with you. It doesn't like, it's just 
it's can be hard on people. It's right. hard on all of us. I think all of our differences, frankly, even if we conform pretty well out in the world, I think our differences make it make it tough. They alienate us from each other more than they unite us, unfortunately. And these films, starting with this one, they, there's plenty of them that have that theme of, you know, what makes you what makes you different makes you special. And right. if you can find the people, even if they're criminals even if they're doomed because the zombie apocalypse is upon us. Right. If you can find those connections, that's something meaningful and all that. And I, 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 so I enjoyed it. It's on Netflix. And certainly if you saw army of the dead and somehow it like, that was your thing, then this, right. You have to see this. And, but even if it wasn't, I don't think you need to see army of the dead actually at all to even watch this one. So if Very it cool. sounds good, you're not, you know, it's a prequel. And I we, we always recommend. I can't think of any movies in history where I don't say watch them in release order. There's a series that came out mm-hmm. this year that really demonstrates that I think thoroughly. That's way way later here in our show, but always release order. But you know, uh, sometimes the prequels its own thing enough that you can just skip the big thing that preceded it. And this is a case where that's that's okay to do that. Very cool. All right. Next up is uh, we're going to go with our first appearance of a. That creepy kid with the list. There we go. We're going to do Firestarter 2022 on Amazon. Oof. Going going from I surprisingly like this to. Well, I shouldn't have watched Firestarter. I know better. Nobody liked it. There's no good reviews of it. Even the (laughs) audience has hated it. You know, so I don't know what drew me to it i suppose it was easy it was available it's availability um it's just it's just it's hard to explain the writer uh is not a popular guy in movie circles i don't know he's written some other things that they make them scott teams scott Scott teams Mm-hmm. And he, it was more him than the direction or the performances or anything that were really, really slammed in this film hard. It was, he made a bunch of changes to the original script, some of which I thought were clever. At this point, if you're going to do Firestarter again, I mean, I, I sort of, it's okay to do your own thing a little bit, do something a little different here and there. I mean, I didn't mind that so much. Some really grisly, uh, Deaths by fire, as you expect. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what's on the menu. But that was that was pretty that was pretty well done. But it it wasn't. It's kind of funny. We talked about Firestarter. We've talked about it off and on throughout the years because it's the, 1984. It was the summer of our youth. Truly, the summer of our youth. That 84 mm-hmm. summer. You know, not the best summer, but the kind of quintessential one if you grew up in the 80s i would say the ghostbusters summer um and this was part of that and so it's kind of it's it that firestarter film even though it's not really super well made it it gets under your skin and it sort of follows you through life and it ha- and the mm-hmm. things that are great about it you, you remember and you appreciate i think a little bit more because you were there when it happened sort of thing this this can't live up to that it it and i what do we well, the big criticisms were well it's not really well directed it's got this really weird tonal shifts and stuff um and drew barrymore who's awesome in it is too young to be as good of an actor as she is and it makes her whole performance come out as sort of 
moment to moment and artificial, frankly. It's not mm-hmm. a knock on her. It's actually a backsided compliment. I've always said that. Just because I don't think, just because I drew is weird in it and annoys me, doesn't mean she's doing a bad job. She's just, she's grown beyond just being a kid in a movie. Like she was an ET. She's actually making actor choices. She's not really able to make those come from any sort of place of truth. She's not able to do the internal part of it and because of that it's just a very showy silly performance and then add just over the top stuff from freddie jones and uh uh david keith and the uh, george c scott and the list goes on and on and on and and it makes it crazy so why am i talking about the 1984 firestarter because i think what makes it memorable is what's wonderful about it the score the the effects the, the gonzo ending of the thing it's just i mean it's just like you just kind of can't believe what you're seeing that makes an impression and leaves an impression that follows you through time this shows you what a dark tonally consistent fire starter would be like and it would be boring and instead of having a sweet kid who who sometimes sets people on fire you just have this dark gloomy almost evil from the start kid who just goes super evil by the time it's over and that's not that's not fun to watch joel that's just that's just creepy that's creepy yeah exactly and that's creepy so i didn't know what to do with it i i kind of i didn't think it was altogether awful but I did think for what they're trying to sell, it was pretty, pretty bad. And I don't think you're going to, I don't think there's a way into it sure, for anyone really. Cause it's sure. not violent or rated R enough to please gore hounds or, you know, I think if you're scared of fire, this will creep you out a little bit, but uh, the kid yeah. isn't a bad actor, but you just, she's just, right. if you're scared, if you're scared of fire, watch backdraft. I'm scared of fire. I, that uh, creepy kid with the yeah, list. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to do. That's Where's creepy. my. That's creepy. Not okay. There's creepy my kid. creepy kid. Uh, creepy Not kid. Not okay, right, creepy well, kid. And the sense of hope at the end of this movie that the movie tries to give. It's just like. No. <laughs> no. Well, speaking of. You know, the okay. end of Next Firestarter, it's is, stupid. Yeah. They go into the New York Times at the end. Art Carney and right. Drew Barrymore hand in hand. And you're like they're going to change the world and yeah. the bad guys are going to pay. And that's probably not what's going to happen, but right. But it leaves you in that place. This movie tries to leave you in this. Hey, maybe, I don't know. It's just the, maybe these two mass murderers will find their way back to the light somehow, or maybe they'll just make the whole world end in a big ball of flame. It's, it's tough to say. Right. All right. Let's fly. move on to Let's move on to our next creepy kid. Not okay, creepy yeah, kid. Not okay, creepy kid. And that's Orphan First Kill. Woo, have you ever seen Orphan? I have not seen Orphan. Orphan is an extraordinary uh, Dark Castle film from, um, I don't know how many years ago now, uh, 13 years ago? 2008, Oof. 2007, something like that. Um, And... I'm going to spoil Orphan, which is great. If you're going to watch Orphan and Orphan First Kill, you should watch them both, and you definitely should watch... Even though Orphan First Kill is a prequel, again, you should watch them in release order. Uh, Orphan was a... I don't want to say it was a riot, but this couple uh, played in Orphan... Sorry, i got to do Orphan first, but uh, this couple played by a 
um, Vera Farmiga and Peter Skarsgård um, adopt a, a Russian orphan from the orphanage because she's like kind of creative and she, they get excited about her and it turns out uh, or the orphan's name is Esther. And Esther yep. is one of the great screen monsters of all time. <laughs> she just is evil to the core and that slowly reveals itself and it takes this family down and causes all kinds of death and mayhem. And the trick with Esther, and this is where this, because that part probably you can get just from looking at the poster. Um, but the reveal for Esther, and this is a, what do you say, 10 second mute starting now go yep. is that she's a grown woman who has a hormone imbalance that makes her only appear like a kid and she's completely psychotic in every way imaginable tick tock tick tock and now we're back to the end of the spoiler uh esther is played back then by isabel Furman in a performance that just takes your breath away it's an amazing performance isabel is an incredible uh, actor we're going to talk about mm -hmm. her later this year she starred in a film this year called novice which is just it's just amazing that's more of an end of the year type show than a this show um she played esther when she was 12 years old which given the film's conceit is was an amazing thing because they that was the only really way to do the story they were trying to tell she's she also if for you guys who don't watch the weird stuff i watch novice blah 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 uh, she was very memorable in the first Hunger Games movie as Clove from District 2 in a very tiny amount of screen time. She, she watched, you could track her through that film, and it's every time they cut to her, she gives you something that just sums every, sums the moment up perfectly. I, I, I'm a great admirer of that. Um, and now she's 25 years old. She's not 12 anymore. And she's playing in a prequel to Orphan and with body doubles and stuff and just her sort of uh, her face acting. <laughs> they get the point. And this time it's another couple very much like the last time. It's it's this is her impersonating a missing child. So it's diabolical yeah. in a way. But this film with had twists and turns that I didn't see coming. It's. It's viol bloody and violent, and it's nasty in a way, but in this way that you're just like, whoa, wow! Like, that's the <laughs> reaction you have when you're watching it, as opposed to, ew! <laughs> which, is, which is not something I like to go through for over two hours. Yeah, yeah. Julia Stiles, in particular, she's always been really good, and this is... She's slumming a bit in this, but and yet she's giving it her all, and that's what's making it work. Her and Isabel's chemistry is just off the hook good. So it's fun. It's one of those fun, you know, psycho movies where are we going to escape the psycho? And because it's a prequel, you it's sadly you kind of know the answer to that, and yet you still are... It still delivers right. the surprises and stuff. Who directed this? He directed three movies on this year's list. Uh, this one Something is... Hunt. Oh my gosh! Where I just I went away from it because I was getting ready for the next movie. Sorry, bud. Uh, it is uh, William Brent Bell. William Brent Bell. Well, he he does it right. He shoots the cars driving through the snow and all the insulary stuff that fill out these stories. Like he lights everything good. He's got a old school uh mystery suspense soul to him the horror comes but it's all about the suspense so it's very hitchcockian in that sense and 
and Orphan Frisk Kill. It sounds pretty corny, and it is, and it's still fun. So, good mm -hmm. job. All right, next on up. On Paramount, right? On Paramount Plus. Uh, yes, on Paramount Plus. Also on Paramount Plus is our next film, and it is, uh, it is the uh, uh, return of Christina Ricci. Um, oh yeah, this in, is a different in, category in kind of, though. What's this category? Yeah, different category. Yep, and this category is called something's missing. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so first up is on Paramount Plus. Uh, it is monstrous with Christina Ricci, as you said. What's the uh, what's the setup for this? The story centers on a traumatized woman fleeing her abusive ex-husband with her seven-year-old son. In their new remote sanctuary, they find they have a bigger, more terrifying monster to deal with. That sounds pretty good, huh? Ooh. Yeah. Christina's sort of standing in a bog or a swamp on the poster, you know, looking at mm -hmm. the camera. Um, and the the uh, the fun thing about this from a art direction and from a why am I watching this story again is that it takes place in the late fifties, which has a lot of sort of fun design aspects to it that are a little different than normal. And Christina Ricci is fantastic. Uh, still, that's not a surprise, but, mm -hmm. uh, this, of these three films, which are all basically the same story one way or another, uh, this was the worst one. Mm, okay. I guess it depends on your, your, this was the least bloody and sort of most psychological, but to me, this was, this was the worst one. And to say too much more about it would ruin yeah. it. So there, I kept that one short. Here's the Monstrous. thing, just having, yeah, having the trailer play in the background here. Uh, it looks, it looks pretty gorgeous. It, it has a really like good look. Really yeah. well. It has a really, really good look to it. And Christina's really good in it. I wanted to like it more. And that's pretty much the story of this film. If you read the critical reaction, it's, eh, it, it, it you know, nice mm -hmm. effort, but eh, not really. You didn't really get there and you didn't do anything new and you didn't, there are no real surprises. It, the twists such as they are, are like, you kind of like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, so... In a way, they earn those because they, they they provide the evidence for them nicely. But and all these films are kind of one version of that or not. This is the most PG thirteen of the three. Okay, well now we're gonna go to our first uh, and Christina Ricci film. fans. I mean, yeah. she she gives it her all. She's great in it. She it's yeah. fun to see her carry in a film again. I, I assume we're gonna see that more and more now. She didn't just come back to do Monstrous. She's back no. with us. And yeah, and hopefully there are better movies in her future though than Monsters. All right, uh, so uh, the network dedicated to scary movies, Shudder, uh, makes its first appearance in the something missing category. Something's missing category with the twin. Uh, twins are creepy anyway, so let's go ahead. They and are make a movie about it. One yeah. twin, mercifully, in this film, dies off screen before the movie even starts. The husband sort of moves back to the land of his origins. I can't remember where they're moving somewhere in Eastern Europe. I want to say, let me see if it doesn't say in the, uh, setup here, but let me see, uh, Scandinavian countryside. It looks probably like Sweden. Yeah. Okay. So Finland, Finland, Oh, Finland, Finland. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Finland's not technically Scandinavia. IMDB, but 
close enough for our purposes. Um, you know, geographically and sort of right. language and such. Anyway, it's a great, great on location shot in Finland film that looks kind of awesome. Who's the our leading lady in this movie? It's really revolves. Our leading around her lady again. is uh, Teresa Palmer. She's a pretty decent actor who, sadly, I've never really seen in anything great yet, and I've seen her in seventeen movies or something. So at some point. You have to be really great in something really great, or you're just one of those people who, oh yeah, I remember her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, I like her in Discovery of Witches. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. but that to me, that's not gonna do it. Um, yeah. She. I mean, it's she, not a great show, but. Right. She's good in it, though. Right. She's a good actor. She's good in this yeah. too. But this also doesn't sort of rise to the level of of knocking your socks off. A couple who are grieving, they need a fresh start, but she's an American girl being brought to this Finnish countryside and it's you can tell she's okay we have to do something but you can tell she's kind of just not into it and it is a little nervous about it and it turns out as things start to unfold that she's got reason to be nervous the locals are a little strange the old lady who lives down the lane has some very always, always creepy she has some very dark portents and predictions That's of the future creepy. that need to be yeah. adhered to and listened totally. to. Creepy. It is yeah. creepy. And it's got a lot of mood in it. And it's got a sort of dreamlike quality that I admired. But also where this one goes and where it ends up and the paces that you go through are very, very familiar. And there just isn't anything special enough about it. You know, so I'd say if you're a big Teresa Palmer fan, which I don't know that there is such a thing, but if you are, I mean, she's really good <laughs> in it. You know, truly, and she typically really does rise to the occasion and takes the material mm -hmm. seriously. It's really important that that be done this way. If you're interested in Finland and some sort of neat Finland-like, uh, I don't want to say, we call them urban legends, but there's nothing urban about this movie. Right. Rural legends, maybe, you know, from <laughs> yeah. Finland. It, it's got some of that. It's uh, I can't remember mm -hmm. who plays the old woman, but she's always been good and is fantastic in this. Um, and the kid's pretty good too. Although, what, what's going on with that kid? <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's part of the fun. By it's kind of like, well, yeah. Uh, and I got through that one without spoiling anything. Ugh, these are hard. There you They're, go. These something's missing. Well, these are, are really about the reveals and. Mm -hmm. If I'm being critical of them, it's because the reveals came, and while I, if I hated them, I I would tell you not to waste your time. I don't want to tell you that with any any all three of these, but yeah, but it you know you got to be into that sort of thing, and if you're someone who always figures out the twist, I can't imagine you're being patient with any of these three films. Okay, well, next up is, uh, Na speaking of people who are back, you know, we had Christina Ricci back. Now we have Naomi Watts uh, headlining a movie again. We haven't well, seen her. Well, she never really in. went away. Well, she never really went away, but, like, anchoring a movie, uh, you know, for a while there she was, uh, she was. Um, I think she was just anchoring movies you weren't watching. I wasn't really well, watching okay. many of them either. There you go. 
Fair. That's totally fair. Well, she turned. Uh, but we have, she's in her. She's our, about our age, right? She's in her late forties yeah. now. So Hollywood doesn't have the same use for her as they used to when she was legit mm-hmm. star in a list material. But this isn't a, like a comeback movie, <laughs> right? And it, and uh, frankly, this... she's even though she's the name above the title, she's not the star of the show here either. The star of the yeah. show again is these two kids, the two brothers. And I'll let you read the summation. Yeah. Yep. This is Goodnight Mommy. Uh, It's a remake of an Austrian movie that's really good. If you if you don't mind subtitles and you trip over Goodnight Mommy from Austria, uh, that's not Mm -hmm. on either show. But that's a really really creepy movie, Joel. Really creepy. There you go. Okay. Well, twin brothers arrive at their mother's house and begin to suspect that something isn't right. There's something ain't right with mommy. They haven't seen their mom for a long time. It's so from the kid's point of view, this movie, that it, it and the Austrian one was the same. But something about those German speaking kids and the, it just, and something about Europe and not just some random farm. It's not really explained while they're on a farm, or maybe it is, and I missed it as possible. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of these. Um, it's not really explained who mom is. She's famous. People recognize her out in the world, even though she's had cosmetic surgery, which is a big conceit of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's They live on a farm, which I, I don't know why. The kids haven't seen her for ages. I'm not clear on why that's the case either. And all of that is because we really only get information from the kids' point of view. And the kids... Uh, and this is maybe to the movie's credit, because you don't need answers to all this stuff, truly. It, it, it's the given circumstances of the story. But it's just unusual. It was unusual for me to watch a movie that where you think the reasons for stuff are coming and they never do come. You just have to take all that for what it is. And part of that's because it's from the kid's point of view and the kids don't provide us any exposition. Because they wouldn't, because they know right. all the reasons for everything. Maybe that's, you know, it puts you a little on edge. Like you really don't know what's going on. It's a little confusing. Um, I think without spoiling the movie because of the, because of her behavior and because of the plastic surgery and because of this sort of mountain of weird stuff, uh, one of these brothers staying with their mom for the first time in ages starts to believe that it's not really their mom. And that's where the conflict comes in. It's that investigation and that tug and pull between the immature kids who are frightened and um, and uh, a maternal character who is not has seems to have the opposite of any good maternal instincts um even though we're shown pretty clearly in flashback that she was a pretty sweet mom so mm-hmm. their their suspicions are warranted yeah uh, what's are. missing what's happening here you know, you'll have to watch mm. it to find out. I'm not going to tell you. It, All it's, right. God, the Austrian one's really good. It's too bad. that I guess here it is. Here's its appearance. That yeah. movie you should see, these three films, you, you, you're probably, your life will probably be okay without them. You'll, you'll, you'll make do. Um, all right. You know, well, unless next you're up. a Naomi Watts mm-hmm. super fan, I am. There are reasons to come to these. They're, none of them are yeah. like, oh, you're... You'll never get that 92 minutes back. I mean, I don't feel that way about things anyway. I didn't feel that way about any of these. 
but they, none of them knocked my socks off. So, right. All right. Next up is uh, we're going to go to a new category, Ooh. and lower class England is scary. <laughs> yeah. Lower class England you know that? is scary. It is. All the right. apartments are really small. The houses. Like, it seems like the houses for miles and miles all look exactly identical. Think of, like, Harry Potter's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It, it, this, these, both of these films capture that, that emptiness really, really well. I don't know how to p- p- explain it any better than that. Yeah. Uh, the first right. one is called... His, his House. His House, and read us the setup of that, please. So a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan. Uh, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. Uh, really a jump scary movie, his house. But because it has this cultural uh, thematic heft to it, and it really does. The two lead actors are are kind of extraordinary. And they come from a very African place the religion the philosophy the way they interact with the world uh the way their um the male and female sexual roles are sort of laid out from them from birth for generations in a way that in england it's much messier now Mm -hmm. like like it is here so that african refugees and they've been through hell uh not just where they were in sudan but the escape uh, was harrowing and awful, and you get to kind of experience that whole thing in pieces throughout the film. Um, but they show up to this house, and uh, it's great. Matt Smith plays the government guy who introduces them to the house, <laughs> and I, it, it, it's great that in that scene where he's, oh, you're lucky, you get this whole one to yourself or whatever, where he really feels like the ferryman, like, leading them to the underworld. Like, it has that whole sense to it. And then, I think without spoiling it, the fact that it turns out not to be that at all is a fantastic twist. And Matt is, obviously, he's... If you're watching House of Dragon right now or you remember him from The Crown or you remember the Doctor Who days, I mean, Matt Smith is aces, he's... He's, yep. he's every time he's barely in this, but every time he's in it, it's it's important. There's this great scene where, due to supernatural or psychological goings on, um, the one of the refugees has torn out holes in the walls and it's just made a mess of the whole place. It's running from something and searching for something, I mm-hmm. won't lay. I won't tell you the details. <laughs> and it's Smith yep. and this other guy who are standing there and they're like. You know, he's he's a refugee and he's been accepted into England, but he's on a citizenship path and this sort of thing isn't helping. And sure. he does this speech and it's, again, this is where the movie, this is where this movie really works and this is why it got the really good reviews because this, the sociolog- the societal stuff that's in this is really fantastic and it, it the horror stuff is pretty stupid. It's very James Wan, boo. Yeah. I didn't really get into it or get too scared by it. I, I maybe jumped a little when it got loud, but I didn't. it didn't earn any of that. What it did earn was this moment where he's like, no, no, I'm one of the good ones. I'm one of the good ones. And he's using this awful like white people vernacular to sell himself as, please give me another chance. He says that it was roaches or rats or something. Like he's trying right. to make some sort of excuse 
for this happening. And, and you can see Smith, when he hears that, he slowly softens to it. And then the woman that he escapes with comes in the room and she's like, no, it is a spirit. And she just <laughs> 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 everything. Um, because she's telling the truth. I mean, that's the weirdness of the story. It's, it's on Netflix. It's pretty clever. I, I have to yep. say, I, you know, I looking back on it, I don't love it. I don't think I'm really want to go back and watch it again, even, but right, there were things right. in here that, that absolutely made it worth my time. And if you're somebody who watches a lot of horror movies, this one has a different sort of spin and a different take than you're used to. And, um, and I, even though I don't think the reveals in this one, there, the, the film doesn't hinge on them the way they do on the, the creepy kid movies, for example, but, mm -hmm. But they, they're surprising. They're not what you think. They're just not what you're used to, and I admired that too, even though they don't pay off like the, the standard horror twists typically do, so they're unsatisfying, sure. and the film is dark and sadder in a way because of that. But there's some honesty and some truth there and some di difficult things that they're exploring through this, and there's several movies that try the same thing to make some sort of statement about the world or about refugees or about the place of minorities mm -hmm. in an English society. Um, this one does a better job than most, I will say right. at that. Don't just don't give them a creepy house. Get out. Right. Um, all right. Next up is the kindred, which you can watch on Tubi. Nice. I believe it's our only Tubi exclusive. Might be on the this only. List. Yeah. Is it? This is a Tubi. Maybe Tubi not. Exclusive. Maybe there's another Tubi. I, I just, yeah. But I remember going. Wow. Nobody's playing this. Oh, Tubi. Tubi's got it. Tubi. And actually, that's usually what you see when you go out because Tubi's never. Tubi's not at the yeah. top of the list. That should be. That should be their slogan. Is Tubi got it? <laughs> Nobody else got it. Tubi got, got, got it. Tubi got it. Got Tubi? Question mark. Yeah. We just you did your marketing for you. The None. answer to that right. is no, by the way. <laughs> uh, a woman suffering from amnesia pieces together the events that led to her father's suicide only to be haunted by the ghosts of children that she begins to suspect were murdered by him. Oh, boy. Not okay, creepy kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, haunted by the ghosts of children she begins to suspect were murdered by him. There you go. That's going to do it. Uh, she comes out of a coma. This movie starts with her coming out of a coma and her husband explaining to her that how long she's been asleep and that her child is now walking and talking. And they, and it, so it's really about her getting back into her life in that way. And these other things at first are incidental. That part of the story is really, really pretty compelling actually. And that, that's, that it's good setup because it makes you care more. I think about the stuff that come at the end than than you would otherwise. Um, James uh, Cosmo plays a plays mm -hmm. a, a, a old friend of the family from back of the, the old neighborhood where these murders may or may not have happened, and he's fantastic. And who's the woman who stars in this? I guess I she's not super famous, uh, but Samantha Bond. Well. Is that right? Yeah, isn't it? That's who. That's who's top build here, Samantha Bond. 
Yeah, but I think maybe no, that's, that's a, in her. order of no, appearance that's movies. That's yeah, sorry. I am Samantha Bond come played on, Money Penny in the Pierce Brosnan Bond films. Yeah, so that's come not... on, man. What yeah, are you doing to me here? Chris, uh, is it Kirsty Dillon? No. No, April Pearson. Yeah, it's got to be April Pearson. Yeah, That's that sounds right, eyes. actually. Gee, Jeez, sorry, you, April, IMDb. But... Let's let's make it easy for me, uh, dumb IMDb. This is well, you know, Wikipedia IMDb. Just a little sidetrack. IMDb <laughs> used to do it in credits order pre-credits or yeah. post-credits when you see the names go by in order that's what we call billing and that's important yeah uh now it just i think because there's just so many movies it just doesn't bother with that it just does yeah. the the scroll in the order in which it appears in the film and right. the scroll is very often has nothing to do with billing these days. It's in order of appearance or it's an alphabetical mm -hmm. order. It's almost never billing related. So they used to start with billing and then, then break into the scroll wherever it started, where they hadn't named somebody yet. Yeah. And that yeah. takes okay. effort and they don't do uh, that anymore. So finding April's name is a bit of a challenge. That's our one tangent that we can take in this episode. We got too many movies here. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it right. this seemed like a good time to explain that to folks. Yeah, um, no, that, 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 and we one, don't need to really talk tangent. about this anymore. This movie's pretty grisly. This idea of the child killer. You know, there's so many child killers on this list. This one really earns the darkness of that, you know. And, and her, you just know, you shouldn't be concentrate on your own kid you know keep your marriage yeah, yeah. together get back to the land of the living they lost their home they live in this tiny little apartment and it really feels tiny um you know in the sticks basically and right. but they but it's not all oh you're in a bad neighborhood they have a neighbor who's helpful and nice to them and you know so that it, it's a mixed bag and it's a nuanced film which i appreciate but you're just like lady don't don't dig into that but obviously it's her dad She's obsessed with it. She was there for the suicide. She she mm -hmm. she has to know. And the more she looks into it, the more these things haunt her. You know, we've seen that before. This was I didn't love it. It all shot on video. Both mm -hmm. of these films are very England BBC Channel Six television video style, which I always yeah. think makes shit look cheap. But but it also can kind of make it look real in a way. And these are down-to-earth gritty films and this one was not half bad if the if this premise and if experiencing some different sort of actors you're not used to seeing before is exciting to you i mean these guys were really really good for a bunch of people who are really just on you know uk tv shows and stuff i thought it was nicely done obviously samantha bond you might recognize cosmo you almost certainly will know him but yeah our 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 leads our stars are, are it was fun to watch, be watching them for the first time and do a pretty good job. All right. Next category is called uh, Nature Doesn't Want You Here. And when I hear nature and horror movie, I immediately, of course, think of tentacles. Um, but this, uh, but uh, fear not, tentacoli is not in this. Uh, no, in this, this list. don't take place but in we, Italy. They all take place in the woods. Don't yep. go out in the woods. So we have a, uh, yeah, just don't. Just don't. Um, all right, so we have uh, the first. The first movie uh, is called Hunter Hunter. Right, Hunter Hunter. Um, it's hard, you know. The seventies. Uh, we look back on horror films from the seventies with so fondly for a lot of different reasons, but the, a big one 
is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Alien, you know, that you mm-hmm. list the, the whole bunch of them. Uh, we're able to absolutely push boundaries in ways that were just amazing and are still memorable and impressionable. And it's really, really hard when there's a jillion horror movies and there's been a jillion forever and there's really no censorship, even on television when it comes to violence, let alone in the cinema. Stuff doesn't have to be rated anymore because these films don't really care if they come out on big releases. Almost none of these got big releases. Right. TV, you know, the streaming services don't really care. They just slap TVMA on it. And they're like, I don't know, your kids can watch it or not. It's up to you. Um, so when a movie comes along, Hunter, Hunter, things happening in the woods. This is a family unit that has decided to live out, live off the fat of the land, truly. Hunt for their own meat, sleep in the furs of the things that they've killed. Um, and do all that. And the point of conflict between them is that they're the, the wife who chose this way of life because of, because she could do it. And because of love feels like her child deserves to also have a choice and feels like this, what's happening here with her daughter is that she's not, she's being born into this. She's not know anything else. And, that's where this relationship is sort of on the skids. But of course that's mm. those sorts of problems are nothing compared to the things that are happening in the woods, which I won't describe to you, but they are almost a hundred percent forensic. You don't see many killings or anything in this film until you do. And their forensic horror is just terrifying. What is going on when you look at something weird and you're like, how did this even happen? And your imagination <laughs> starts running, and it, it's that's more powerful than any sort of mass CG kill spree like the kind they had in Malignant or like the kind they had in Halloween. Mm-hmm. One of three of three of fifteen or whatever the hell movies we're talking. People, uh, that's the new thing. Is horror hounds love these mass fake slaughters of a bunch of people invisible man had it kind of a little bit different there but this film has nothing like that but when you get to the end of it um it you just it 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 pushed boundaries that i just didn't think you could push anymore it really did something different that is horrific and will make you feel filthy and awful and need to take a shower immediately <laughs> and that's the kind of movie it is but it's wow pretty well rated because it's really well done the atmosphere the dread that hangs over the thing um and the very simple explanation for it all is it is enough to drive you mad and that's that's what that's kind of what happens in it so there not, you go hunter yeah. hunter was I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know if that if that's your thing. If you think you can put up with that, this is your film. And I do. I I'm looking for that. Go for it. You want to? You know what I mean? You want to have horror stamped mm-hmm. on you? Mm-hmm. Horrify me! I dare you to do it. Like I I get pretty cocky, and here I am, several movies into this, and I'm like, no biggie. This movie just just rips mm-hmm. your guts out. Literally, uh, initially. Wow. Initially, this next movie I thought was in the horror category because of Jesse Plemons' mustache. 
Um, but uh, it is actually um, no, I I, I love Jeff's films. Me too. Um, this is uh, 2021 on HBO Antlers. Almost watched this last night, but then uh, then you gave me a different recommendation, and uh, but so I went with Antlers, or this I is Antlers, think, I should say. It's just my one man's opinion, but I think I did right by you by steering you. Well, you certainly did. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but the. Um, I although I didn't mind Antlers, uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, w- woman um, Carrie Russell. Thank you, Carrie Russell and Graham Greene. Right? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What else do you want? It's there about a it's about a Native American legend. It's a Wendigo film. The it's a monster film where the Wendigo is the monster. We've seen that done many many times up till now. So Wendigo is not very novel anymore, but. But the monster itself, from a practical effects and makeup standpoint, and just uh, with there's never been a monster quite like this before. Standpoint is really, really excellent. Scott Cooper made Hostels and Out of the Furnace, and um, a couple other very famous movies. Black Mass. He's never made a horror movie before, so he was, and I appreciate this. He was very concerned with the form of the thing he's like a mm-hmm. Soderbergh like filmmaker and this is his horror movie I don't think you're gonna you're he's never gonna go back and do something like this again would be my guess I right. might be I'm wrong about that but my, you know this is his horror movie someday we'll see his space movie and we'll see his you know we've seen his crime movie and we you get what I'm saying um yeah, yeah. and I like that I like an examination of the form I love Carrie Russell as a haunted trying to put her life back together, school teacher and Plemons as her brother, who's also a cop who's tied up in this investigation of these weird goings on. And I loved their quiet scenes together. Just again, I like the family drama, but, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not Antler's fault. Maybe it's my fault, but I just, this movie, I somewhere halfway through it, I just really wanted it to be over you know, yeah. it, and I, that sucks because it, I was, I had, I watched this in a place of honor because of who was involved in it. I really liked Hostels. I like the filmmaker Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro presents. I like, yeah. I don't like all the Guillermo del Toro presents movies necessarily, but you getting us, there's a trust with that, right? That right. you're getting something that's going to be moody, that's going to be a little different, that's going to be a take on a time-honored formula, but be its own thing. That it, This delivers all of that, not to mention a uh, shot in the exact same town and in the exact same wilderness that where they shot First Blood and a, same as, the, uh, same as uh, Brent, William Brent, he, just the exposition shots, the shots of the old mill decaying the shots of the dam water flowing it's just it's a gorgeous place to shoot a movie as we already experienced and they they get the most out of that but i didn't i didn't i just antlers is kind of a monster and it's just kind of a monster movie in the end where the monster doesn't really even cause that much chaos it just it just does this awful icky stuff and i i wasn't able to find the the healing or anything at the end of the movie that the movie seemed to think it, it got. And that doesn't mean I don't like Cooper's attempt at this, but I think people will be turned off by it. Ultimately. I think mass horror audiences will be, and I think people looking for fun will be. And so I kind of don't know who this movie's for ultimately. 
Okay. Just just me, but then I watched forty of these, so it's that's not. You gotta. You I think go. you gotta hit something that hits better than that. All right. Uh, next up, we uh, we go into the world of Edgar Allan Poe, Mister Creepy himself. Um, and uh, this is uh, 2022's. This is another. Sh- this is a Shutter original. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Shutter. And uh, it is Raven's Hollow. Read the uh, synopsis for Raven's Hollow, and I promise you, West- I'll be short on this one. West Point Cadet Edgar Allan Poe and four other cadets on a training exercise in upstate New York are drawn by a gruesome discovery in a forgotten community. So, turn of the century, you know, America, post-Civil War America, um, scarecrows, sort of high contrast, almost desaturated black and white photography, this thing had mood to spare, and it was really, really well done on a really, really cheap budget. William Mosley, who you know is the oldest brother in Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, amongst other things, is pretty does a pretty good job as Edgar Allan Poe, who really was a West Point cadet. You know, has some mm-hmm. history here. Um, uh, but it's just it's just too cheap and too stupid to to work. And that sucks because you really do feel the passion behind this. It's a, when I read the synopsis, I was like, oh, yes, I'm doing this. This is my kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And as it was starting, I was like, uh, okay. And then I was like, what? Uh, uh. <laughs> and that was basically the experience of this. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to rip on it too much because it 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 does some cool things. You know, it's got some creepy performances. Um, it's also a monster movie. You know, these wilderness movies usually are monster manifestation movies. And, and it just, it just didn't, it just didn't get there. I, it's just, I feel Uh, bad. I, I really applaud the effort, but. Well, I, I like that your, um, your, your review right there was like, was the vocal version of when people do these spoiler free emoji reviews (laughs) where they just do the, uh, 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 oh. Uh, and there you go there you're done um all right next up is uh last one in nature doesn't want you here is uh paramount plus 2022 significant other and if these movies teach you anything it's just don't go backpacking just don't do it there's no reason to go backpacking what do you think you're gonna see the sights yeah yeah eating granola Nothing good can come of it. Uh, um, yeah. Horror star of the year, Maka Monroe stars in this alongside, uh, what's his name? Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey, who I recently, uh, most recently loved in uh, the Jessica Chastain movie. Misses something. It's a proper name. Damn. It's about a, uh, a Holly. It's about a Washington lobbyist. A fantastic movie. Basically, oh, okay. see Jessica Chastain things, and sometimes you get Jake Lacey for a bonus. Um, Lacey's great as the fun, jokey boyfriend who really loves hiking the world, and that's his big thing. And Meka is the reluctant girlfriend who really doesn't want to do this, but does but does believe in this relationship enough that understands that this sort of taking the step with him is an important one. And they head out into the woods and to, (laughs) they head out into the woods and they find themselves. (laughs) There you go. And they're not 
really what they were looking for, as it turns out. Right. And yeah. the reasons for that are crazy, stupid, and I can't get into them, but they're kind of delightfully so. This is an audacious concept for a movie, and there's lots of blood and guts and lots of what's going on, and, you know, the, the two actors are totally game. Um, there's another movie coming up we'll talk about in a momentarily, I think, where they, they do the same kind of thing is on display and they do everything wrong. This movie does everything right. This idea is just bonkers and it just, it isn't going to change your life, but it came out, got really crappy reviews at first. And I watched over, it's because this movie's like three weeks old. I watched the reviews totally steadily climb as it found its audience into the 6.7, 7.2 range which mm -hmm. for a low budget horror movie like this is a really good range. That's a that's a fairly safe bet. Yeah, so, yeah. Good job, significant other. Well done. All right, let's move on to our next category. <laughs> I like this one. It's some kind of disease. I guess it's some kind of disease. I guess it's some kind of disease. And the first one up <laughs> is the moon. I don't have a sounder that could possibly match. I some like sort that, of yeah. splatting sounder would probably be appropriate for these. These right. diseases are sure. not pleasant. Uh, well, yeah, very, very rarely are they. No. Um, all right. So uh, this one is the first one up is sun. Sun, which, which yeah, Joel, what up? You can go ahead and play a little creepy kid for us if you'd like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Not okay, creepy kid. It go. is not okay. Sun is not okay. Um, it, I thought it when I, I, although I'll say this about Sun, I thought it was a creepy kid movie going into it. So I was expecting something like The Twin or, you know, the, these mm -hmm. other things we've talked about. And, and it isn't. <laughs> it's, that's a spoiler alert, I guess, because it really plays on that idea that, it's a movie about a absurdly and more and more absurdly so overprotective mother who is going to extremes to protect her son from society once he contracts a very strange and outwardly damaging disease. And it's a road trip film and it's really bloody. And it's really, really weird. And so there is a creepy kid, but he has a disease that's weird. There's lots of awful murders, as you can imagine. And there is this sense of what is real and what isn't. So there's this is like the it's a total horror movie stew. But in the end, it really is the disease, which is a sort of vampirism that's at the mm. heart of what is actually happening. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a little played pretty good. I don't recommend, if you're only going to watch three horror movies this year or next year, I, this shouldn't be one of them. But okay. if you watch a bunch, this is different. I think it will impress you in some ways, even if it doesn't, it didn't completely win me over, but it's, it was not what I thought at all. And that's, some people don't like that. They don't like to be bait and switched, but I enjoy mm. it very much. Well, I like, Thinking, okay, here we go. The son or son. Yeah. What's it going to, you know, with the mom holding the boy and the boy looking at the camera. Creepy. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's quite creepy. a bit more than that. Yeah. For better or worse. Uh, okay. Well, uh, next up in the disease du jour, uh, we have Blood Red Sky. 
a woman with a mysterious illness is forced into action when a group of terrorists attempt to hijack a transatlantic overnight flight. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot in that sentence. That sentence is doing some heavy lifting. It's this movie's uh, it half in Russian, maybe, and half in English. Um, I can't remember the language that it's German. It's German. It's Berlin to America is the flight, and the flight gets sure. When, yeah. Once the hijacking becomes reported, it gets diverted to Scotland. So it's actually a British German co-production. Yay! I know you're really glad that I worked all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the but it, it's it's good to know it, it it there's like a dubbed version of it on Netflix. Uh, half the movies in English anyway. I really strongly recommend you avoid the dubbed version. Uh, and watch the German version because the German version is only half German. It shouldn't bug you even if you don't like subtitles. Um, again, a woman and her kid. Uh, woman's got something going on with her. I don't know what to say. The moral of the story is don't hijack a transatlantic flight yeah. that, that has an angry vampire on it. There you go. Because madness, bloody chaos, and insanity and murder will ensue. And it's just going to happen. Um, you know, what do we say that basically the zombies get in? This is and, and the zombies ensues, already yeah. on the plane. You just, you criminals just picked the wrong mm -hmm. plane. I don't know what to and say. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about vampires. Very rarely do they obey the keep your seatbelt sign. Keep your seatbelts on sign. They often will just ignore it. Yeah. And if you don't know that when you're going to hijack a plane, then you know what? You deserve you deserve what's coming to you. And here, this will be a litmus test for whether you can take this film. This film is super exciting. Just it's long and it was just boom boom boom. It was always keeping things moving. I mean, it was it was that's the fun of it if you like that sort of paced thing. Um, but here's a lesson too. If you think you got the diseased vampire type person licked, don't lock them in the pet hold of the plane because there, there are opportunities for that creature to revive themselves in there that you didn't really think about. Right. Yeah, but it's fun. It's one of those, you know, when you see the zombie movies where the people of the world have never heard of zombies, this is a, yeah. this is like a, 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 a vampire movie ostensibly it's not exactly a vampire movie it, it's its own thing but it's a vampire movie in a world where like bram stoker didn't exist you know it's th that sort of alternate reality and as a hijacking procedural it's like really well done but it's crazy it's a crazy yeah. movie blood red sky <laughs> so crazy. just be warned about that um all right let's move on crazy to, uh, from crazy. beginning to end easy um, all right, next up is uh, the next category is high concept equals high quality. Mm -hmm. And that starts with uh, you know, voodoo. To find you out. You mentioned voodoo, or as it's pronounced in some areas of the country, voodoo, um, uh, is 2022's The Immaculate Room. The second appearance by Emil Hirsch. No, we didn't talk about him in the other movie that he was in, but um, what was he in? He is in this. Oh, uh, crap. You know what? I should have. I knew you were going to mention it. <laughs> I, I want to know now. Oh, he yeah, was in Sun. He was in, he was in Sun. Yeah, he's in Sun. Um, he's great in so, Sun, and he's great in the Immaculate Room. Emil Hirsch is a talented kid whose only crime was that his big blockbuster that they let him star in was Speed Racer, which he's great in and which is awesome, by the way. 
Yeah, um, you'll get Ryan going on Speed Racer. Don't we, even we, get we, me started we, on Speed Racer. Speed Racer we is awesome. We had our one tangent. We had our one tangent. We can only go. Now we go into. It was a gift uh, to you, and you denied it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All right, um, let's go to the Immaculate Room. Uh, what's the tagline for this? The tagline's even better than the synopsis in this case. One room, two people, $5 million. If you leave, you lose. It's this perfect, uh, that was a nice combination of both taglines. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, it's this, it's immaculate room. It's just what it sounds like. It's this, uh, it's this austere sort of antiseptic white room that they enter where their food and whatever is provided for them. But basically they just have to live in there together and they get $5 million if they, mm-hmm. I don't remember for how 50 many days, days. 50 yeah, days. 50. But the room wants to keep its money, and so it it plays some mean tricks on them and puts them through the ringer in a lot of different ways. And uh, it's not a conventional horror movie in that way, really, at all. As a matter of fact, I but it's so it's a suspense movie, but it's a high concept suspense movie. So where do you put it? I don't know. This isn't yeah. a thing that exists, but it's a neat high concept that allows for a lot of dramatic tension and a lot of back and forth and a lot of, you know, seeing people on all these different levels of this very closed capsule journey that these guys go on. And Kate Bosworth is the woman and they're Kate Bosworth and Emile Hirsch are great. They're capable of really, really good things. Uh, the indie darlings, right. From, she was in that surfing movie mm-hmm. and he was in, uh, that dude who went out in the wilderness, Joel. Yeah. I uh, um, I can't remember the Sean Penn movie that was based wild, on that yeah. book. Into the Wild. Yeah, Into the Wild, yeah. Um Yeah, so uh it's fun seeing them in, you know, it, starring in this thing together and they, they really do great work together. Uh But it's a kind of it's really good. Because I used to call these like made for sci-fi channel movies, but now that there's like mm-hmm. Sharknados and stuff, it's like that's not fair to call anything right. that anymore. Um, right. But it's that it's it's indie, small, one set thing. It's a movie about ideas, and it's it's and it's about the deconstruction of your psyche and of your relationship. And that's that maybe isn't super fun to watch, but it, for what it is, it's pretty well done. I admired it, but I didn't love okay. it. Okay, all right. Um, let's move on to the deep house. The deep house um, on Paramount Plus. Uh, you can just check it there or on Prime Video. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, 2021 is a young and mo- a young and modern couple. <laughs> That's not a good start. Not a good start. Uh, oh, you were in the wrong place if you want to be all <laughs> modern. Who <laughs> uh, go to France to explore an underwater house and share their findings on social media undergoes a serious change of plan when the couple enters the interior of a strange house lo- located at the bottom of a lake and their presence awakens a dark spirit that haunts the house. I think Gordon 11 or whatever from episodes ago maybe wrote that synopsis um, <laughs> gordon that he was... kind of re- repeating himself a little bit he likes to hammer home the the, the really idea really does. Yeah. yeah i actually when i put that into my software here i completely rewrote that synopsis which i don't usually like to do but that one was just terrible underwater yeah. haunted house uh it's a great idea i mean that's a great idea you there's yeah. in these there's scuba kits 
they're discovering this thing. The house, just simply because it's at the bottom of a lake, is already creepy as hell it's when they weird. get there. The poster's awesome. Yeah, the poster's really, really great. The concept is neat. The setup is pretty, really great. Once And the whole movie's basically shot in a swimming pool underwater in this house set that they built. And it looks great, but it sucks. They Everything they did in this, and it's just, it hurts me to say this, but... They did everything wrong if you were going to do a Boo Scare movie. It had to be a Haunted House movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's not hard. We've seen 8 million of them, but yours, yours, the underwater is not enough. It, you have to, it has to be scary, and there's got to be a reason for it all that they care about. There's this one, just, and then I'll move on from this because don't watch this. Um, don't let the cool premise and the awesome trailer like make you think this is good as bad. Um, you know, there's one scene where the guy gets possessed and the movie's idea of what possession is, is to keep calling the woman. Yes, my precious. Yes, my, my most dearest. Like he's talking in this old 1920s villain voice. And it's just like, what? that's not scary. That's annoying. And it's going, it's gone on for like 10 minutes. This is terrible. If he's possessed, I just, I, and that's the worst thing maybe in it is in nine other things that are equally unsatisfying and not scary that are just mm -hmm. annoying. And it, it's a shame because there's a lot of film craft and some decent acting and a great idea. It's all here. You just, the haunted house part, you just, you, when we got to that, which is the whole last hour, you just mm -hmm. laid a big turd in the foyer and we're all just supposed go. to admire it and i don't i didn't so deep house all right well let's move on then to anything for jackson roku read, coming in roku channel this. Making this is appearance. fantastic anything okay. for jackson. Um, <laughs> oh boy you know it is it's good it is great. um high concept baby <laughs> it's this is high concept a bereaved satanist couple kidnapped <laughs> <laughs> a bereaved Satanist couple kidnap a pregnant woman so they can use an ancient spell book to put their dead grandson's spirit into her unborn child, but end up summoning more than they bargained for. <laughs> God, can't you just summon the right, get the right spirit into the right baby? Oh, man. Oh, man. The, the, it's uh, Sheila McCarthy and Julian Reikings are the, are the couple. Julian is, you'll, you don't know those names. I promise you, when you see these guys, you will, mm -hmm. you'll know them from everything for the last 40 years. They're fantastic actors. Um, mm -hmm. It's a small Canadian film, small Canadian neighborhood. Uh, they're this nice couple that if they're great neighbors, they're just the kind of people you would want. He's an OBGYN um, doctor, and as part of that, he has been, without them knowing, auditioning young pregnant women to choose the perfect one to bring his lost son back into the world using this satanic ritual that they found in a book through their satanic book club-like thing that they go to. Uh, they are the worst Satanists ever. They're the worst kidnappers ever. Um, and yet they manage as in to, they're not, as in they're not good at it. They're really bad at both okay. things. Okay. Okay. And, making sure. But they, 
as a more accomplished Satanist who comes into the film at a later point, points out to them, uh, you know, like, I don't want to compliment you on your technique or anything, but you really did get the ball rolling on this. Like, this is just happening here. Um, it's anything for Jackson oh, is, no. it's not a, I mean, again, it's, this is a horror movie for horror people, but this really did something new and different. And, you know, there's a horror, I mean, and it's not like you laugh through the whole thing, even though it sounds comedic. It, it, that's the genius of it is that all that it's all is funny by attrition as it builds throughout mm -hmm. the thing. There's a scene where the head of the horror group is in the community center and they're all standing around and she has to insist that they do the the prayers to satan and stuff before everybody starts eating the cookies and refreshments that one of the other members brought into the room <laughs> and it's that sort of take on the afterlife and demons and the devil that are so misguided and stupid and yet it that is part of our if you've ever, if you got one of those friends who shares, who follows everything, every meme generator on Facebook that has the word witch in it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That right. the romanticizing of these sort of evil, awful things. And I get, I get that the Salem witch trials didn't actually burn any witches. I get that. That was evil. But if they were witches, <laughs> and if you're going to believe in that sort of thing and try and take it seriously, then. You know, just sharing recipes maybe is not the whole story, and it it this is brilliant. It's just brilliant the way they pull this off. This movie uh, it was amazing. It's dark though. The girl who gets kidnapped. I mean, it it's horrible what happens to her. Yeah. And it, it, but but I was so impressed with the filmmaking here. And I guess the filmmaking isn't even that special. You know, suburban Canada isn't special. That's the whole point. This is happening in this normal place. It's it's the storytelling that's kind of amazing. Right. It really, really is a really cool, high concept idea that is that they milk every bit of meaning and entertainment out of that as they can. Oh my God. Hats off to everybody. I love it. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our next category, and that is, um, as we all know, war is hell war is hell mm -hmm. isn't it indeed uh um, burial right burial yeah this burial is also a movie it's just a few weeks old but because it was uh video on demand i was able to get it i think this is also a mm -hmm. shutter exclusive now for so i don't know how you watch it but burial is pretty good uh read the synopsis i guess that'll take yeah, care of a lot of work uh, it, it does start tom felton who we all know as draco malfoy yep um in the news a lot lately Mm -hmm. A small group of Russian soldiers have the task of taking Hitler's discovered remains back to Stalin in Moscow. And there's a between where Hitler died and Moscow, there's a lot of woods and forests. And as we've learned already, they just shouldn't be there. Probably no, no, shouldn't, yeah. probably nobody should be anywhere near the corpse of Hitler yeah like probably. there's a reason they dropped osama bin laden you know they took a couple polaroids but they basically just dumped him at sea <laughs> yeah it's kind of like they just get this juju out of here like the quickest easiest way possible stalin however has gotten reports of this through his through the chain of command and wants to look 
his nemesis in the eye before he does whatever he's going to do to him. And so this little band, it's led by a woman, by like a, she's like a, um, like a quartermaster type officer in the Russian army. So why she's in charge, I'm not really sure. She's the highest ranking people there, but her charges don't take her very seriously. Uh, Felton comes into the film as one of the locals where they start to run into trouble. Um, because there's people in the woods and it's, it, it's a siege movie and it's a really pretty good one. Pretty good military siege movie with a lot of creepy atmosphere, some very, very good actors. It's told like a demented bedtime story from actors, Harriet Walter, who had to replace the late, um, Diana Rigg, Diana Rigg at yeah. the, when she died. Um, I won't say prematurely cause Diana Rigg was super old, but you know, when we lost Diana Rigg, Harriet came in, and Harriet's just, her voice whenever it comes in during the story. Yeah. This is awesome, and um, and it was good. I really liked it, but it horror people probably are going to want something different out of this than you end up getting. And I think like action sort of military action people really aren't much going to like this either because there's certainly some of that, but it's not. It's not intense. It's this. It, what is this about? When you just really start to think about the evil of the war and trying to post-war, trying to go on with your life, and just how Europe was just fundamentally completely altered by those events, and these are just these random folks caught up in it, and it, and it's and it and that the legacy. You know, even the legacy of Hitler, even just the legacy of his dead remains, like, travels enough through time that we gotta still be talking about it in the present day to tell this story from the past. I dug it. It's yeah. a weird, demented story. Um, it it's it's just not it's not much of a horror movie, and even the horror elements that it teases don't. I, I don't want to spoil it. I just. They don't pay yeah. off in conventional horror ways. Horror fans aren't going to love it. And mm -hmm. I think you have to be a real fan of like independent, on-location, sort of low-budget, character-driven films. Uh, it's historical and very cool, but to really get into it. And I think if you're smart and really like art house films and dramas about people, this isn't going to quite fit the bill for that either. So it's hard. This movie was, for me, only... And I just, it's hard to recommend it, even though I really, really dug it. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move. Oh. Uh -oh. Is, that on, is that on your end? Is that on your end? I don't think so. Uh, uh, okay. Well. Um, I don't think I even have a phone that sounds like that anymore. Oh. Well, they're insistent is what they are. But... Should we answer it? No, don't answer the phone. That's our next category. See what we did there? That was like a little. If you're in a horror movie, it's with in some general. exceptions, it's probably best not to answer the creepy old phone. Correct. And so we in this case, it's kind of a creepy newish phone. Uh, and kind that of. is Mr. Harrigan's phone. It takes place during at the sort of birthplace of the smartphone, right? Of the single panel smartphone, so it's not a historical thing. They're all using uh, iPhones and stuff, but it's post BlackBerry. But mm -hmm. yeah, you kind of following me? 
Yeah, based on Stephen King's story, uh, why don't you read the synopsis for sure. it for fun? Sure. When, mis when Mr. Harrigan dies, Craig, the teen who befriended him and did odd jobs for him, puts his smartphone in his pocket before burial. When the lonely youth sends his dead friend a message, he is shocked to get a return text. It sounds pretty Halloween-y, doesn't it? I mean, Stephen yeah, it's, King, it's, a, it's one of those coming-of-age, child, sort of weird, old, eccentric mentor stories. His over is full of those. Mm -hmm. um, most notably, probably, apt pupil. This isn't, neither character is anywhere as dark as the two cats in, in apt pupil, but this structurally mm -hmm. is very, very similar as to the journey it takes. Uh, it's a horror movie, but it's a, it's a, it's, and it's not for the whole family per se, but this really is one where the autumnal feel of it, the coming of age aspects of it, the dueling relationship that develops between the kid and the, and Mr. Harrigan played wonderfully by, uh, Donald Sutherland, you know, mm -hmm. we're only going to have him for so much longer. And this is what a great role for him. And, and. He just—he's just fantastic in it. Um, doesn't add up to all that much. It's not gonna haunt your dreams, but it's also not going to live in your fond memories of moviedom either. But I thought Mr. Harrigan's phone—it got a little dissed on for being neither here nor there as a as a horror movie. But I thought it was really, really pretty made. Directed by John Lee Hancock, who Hancock. doesn't normally do horror movies that is usually the purview of the uh, aforementioned john d hancock who we will never mix up on this show no. again ever even if they and make correct. the same kind of movies even if they collaborate even if they collaborate I, stephen king it's free on netflix right now you could do a yeah. lot worse for your halloween night film truly than mr harrigan's phone you probably do better but to do better is to take some risks that's mm -hmm. just the reality of this genre this is a right. risk free story that is pretty well executed i have to say right. by, from right. the people who brought you the blind side well there you go wait yeah oh oh man uh -oh. It's ringing again because it's, it's not. Um, th this must be like weirdly in the internet because it's not your phone. It's not my phone. It can't be my uh, phone, although it sounds like it's in here with us. Yeah, uh, it's very strange. Uh, in this case, should we answer the phone? Should we answer the phone? Answer the phone. That's our next okay. category. All right, all right. Here Whatever you say. Uh, you know how Ryan was just saying. You know, if you want, a, if you know, if you want really good, you got to take a risk. Um, I, I, I really dug, this is one of the movies that I saw Woo, and that's it why is, we saved it for last. Yep. The <laughs> black phone by, um, uh, pretty hip happening director. Oh, Scott Derrickson, Scott Derrickson, who yeah. in the horror genre previously brought us the exorcism of Emily Rose and the incredibly gross and dark, um, not insidious, but what was his horror movie with Ethan Hawke? Uh, give me a second here. Yeah, I should remember. It is um, I get yeah, insidious in this mix Sinis up. Sinister, sinister, and that's why because they're really similar titles. But it's I know it's not insidious. It's sinister, which has since had a sequel. Whatever. Sinister has uh, one of the scariest sequences, horror sequences in it of all time, and it's a uh, it's like a flashback 
you're watching the old movie sequence and it's it's incredible and Ethan Hawke's amazing in it and Scott Derrickson who's I guess he's more famous for making the first uh, Doctor Strange film and mm -hmm. he's a big A-list Hollywood director now he made uh the remake of um The Day the Earth Stood Still which I'm fond of about two-thirds of that movie I call it Keanu Barada Nikto um it's not bad. He's a good filmmaker. He makes things on a really big scale and he can make them on a, on a little scale too. And he's, he gets horror, you know, mm -hmm. he really does get it. I mean, exorcism of Emily Rose is a courtroom drama. It's got some horror in it because there's a possession in it, but it's all, that's all told in flashback. That movie is a, a, uh, a court case about whether a priest while trying to free this woman of a demon that possessed her is guilty of homicide or not because she died in the procedure. And that's, it's a, it's a trial about those ideas. So he's a guy who's full of ideas and he's got lots of, you can tell these guys got lots of stuff in the closet in the horror genre. He wants to try. This is not mm -hmm. Derrickson's last horror movie. I feel like every other movie of his is going to be a horror movie. In fact, like he'll always come back to it. Uh, it's a story about a, a, a like a, they don't really say, but it, I believe it's suburban Denver, like North Denver. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Area, and it's you know kind of the fall going into the winter, Halloween time, perfect for this time of year. Mm -hmm. And kids are disappearing, and life, but life goes on. You know, it's sort of like the horrors of our world. I always find that. You know, I, it's partly it's because I'm watching the movie and I'm like, hey, you're a kid in a movie where kids are disappearing. Like, this is going to be a problem for you eventually. You should be doing things differently. Change your behavior. You know, do something. Don't get kidnapped and killed by the child killer person. Right. Right? Um, but they don't because they have, and to be in defense of these kids, they have a whole host of their own problems to deal with. And that, when you're a kid, it's... It's it's what's happened to me lately, really, that you, is the focus of everything you're going through. Uh, mm -hmm. They're bullied. Their mom is gone. Their dad is awful, not dealing with it at well, and it's horribly taking it out on them. Dad's played by uh, uh, Charles Manson lookalike, Jeremy something. <laughs> Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies, really, really good actor. But Hollywood only has primarily one use for him, and he's pretty good in this film cast mm -hmm. to type unfortunately i always like to see jeremy doing something a little different because he's capable of that but whatever um it's good it's good use of him he plays this guy this guy could just be a monster and he is but he kind of he isn't enough that you can go on the journey with him a little bit which the movie requires you to do and the kids are fantastic joel right oh my god they're so good all, all of them but especially the right. brother and sister at the heart of the thing right. uh, who are who Mason Thames playing Finney and Madeline McGraw. And Madeline's on a big famous TV show right now, so a lot of kids at least know her. I can't remember the name of the show. Um, uh, let me find she's, it here. Yeah, she's great. And Derrickson just wrote this kid like this. It's like a fantasy character in a way. This kid's so sharp and smart and fearless, you know, and all these things that when we watch a movie, we sort of wish we were. Yeah, she's profane and everything, and but. Uh, 
she's just awesome in the film, and uh, and of course yeah. uh, our hero uh, Mason Times, he's really really good too. Uh, there, I saw an interview with Derrickson when he was working on this, where they asked him, "Hey, what do you got to do to keep the kids, you know, like in a healthy state of mind when you're basically locking them in a dungeon for two months?" And he's like, "You don't have to do anything, you know. It, it kids love this. This is." It's Halloween. Yeah. It's time for kids. It's they 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 know it's make believe and and as long as you're not being a dick and they oh the it's only the child killer is when the cameras are rolling. It, they have fun doing it. Right. And that's all you got to remember is that these things are fun. He said he couldn't convince Ethan to to go out for Sinister because he read it and even though he liked it, it's just like I don't do I don't do that sort yeah. of thing, man. That's, that's not, I'm not interested in that. Um, but he sold it on, he's like, I don't want to live in that icky, horrible, awful place for, you know, a part of my life. Like I choose projects primarily for what, you know, for, he's one of those guys who be, brings it all to it. And yeah, then yeah. he wants to take something from it. That's new and different. that's Ethan for better or worse. He's one of them froofy sort of artsy fartsy guys, which we love him for on the show anyway. Um, but Derrickson's like, no, nah, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be the most fun you yeah. ever had making a movie. And it turned out that even though Sinister is, it lives up to the name. It's awful. It, 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 it was fun for them to do. And then when he told them this, he's like, no, nah, dude, I already did that. I mean, I'd love to work with you again, but I don't know. I don't know. He's like, here, just read it and right. get back to me. And he read it. And sure enough, next day he's like, yeah, yeah, you got me. Yeah. When we, when are we doing it? Cause the, the story of the thing. I don't mean to smile so much when I'm talking about it. child killer, it, very scary child killer, very scary, child scary killer. in fast the, motion, scary in slow motion, yep. scary every second he's around. Um, mm. just really terrifying in the way that he sort of is believable. He was supposed to be all these years when Derrickson's been kicking this idea around in his head, he was supposed to be a clown. We've had kind of our fill of that lately. Maybe, I guess mm -hmm. maybe audiences haven't, but I, I feel like that would have weakened would this somewhat been, because in the killer clown really category, would, yeah. I think this would have been an also ran. It was Ethan yeah. Hawke's idea to make him a magician. Yeah. Good idea. That's collaboration, and, right? Yeah. And it yeah, kind of, you know, and, and his look is sort of this uh creepy steampunky look, uh as as the as the magician character yeah. when he yeah, when he and then um, drives yeah. drives a, a van with the magician logo on the back of it with which he mm -hmm. uses to abduct people. Wanna see a magic <laughs> trick? We only hear him say it once, but it's like ugh. Yeah, um, and you know that that's yeah. You there's there's so much that you don't see yeah. in this, but it's um it all works. It's all so fantastically creepy. The way the story, the way Derrickson tells the the story, and the way um we get the, the get the stories of of the other kids who have been kidnapped. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's the headline. Uh, the headline calls this guy. We are calling him the magician or whatever. The headline calls yeah, him. He's the, the grabber. grabber. The grabber. Yep, he's what the grabber. Awful... There's a scene yep. where uh, the Madeline is is being interrogated by the cops and the prince. <laughs> There's so many good things in this movie, but this might yep. be my favorite scene in the whole thing. We're like, oh yeah, I knew because I'm the grabber. You effing fart knockers. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> she's saying this to the cops. <laughs> she's calling the cops on it. Yeah, going, oh, yeah. No, I'm the grabber. Arrest me. I'm the grabber. Yeah, 
It's so funny. And they're like, well, we just want to know. And eventually mm -hmm. she's like, because I dream things and they become true. And then by that point, the cops are like, okay, forget it. Uh, but when the cops are befuddled and trying to figure things out, who do they turn to, you know, and they're two thirds yep. of the way through the movie, it's, it's, it just, it, it didn't get the greatest reviews. It didn't get the greatest, you know, action for a, a, a relatively large budget, big studio horror movie. I admit it's not the end all be all exactly, but, but everything that took place, I thought, and Joel, I recommended it to Joel cause I knew it there's some triggers in it for Joel for sure. Mm -hmm. But, and, mm -hmm. and I knew he'd have to try to overcome those, but that's, it is a film about overcoming stuff in the end. And yeah, that's, yeah. that it, is and demented it, and creepy and scary, but joyful in mm -hmm. a way. And that I yep. really appreciated. So, and we've talked about this entire thing and we've never mentioned the black phone. And yeah. in this case, I don't think the we name of the movie, the, the name of the movie is it. it, it and when you, you don't, you don't see because again it plays on that trope of when the when when the phone old school phone is ringing you don't answer it nothing but good can be on the know, other side of yeah, that phone. we know we know that they're going to answer it and it really does a great job of sort of subverting the trope of really but yet also remaining creepy uh it's it's yeah i just really dug this film it was it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun uh, you know, it, it, in, a, in that scary, uh, you know, in that scary sort of way. And a lot of um, it really did. It really, it, Derrickson's great in that he really collaborates with people. And this was a small enough budget thing. He mm -hmm. left Multiverse of Madness over creative differences right as it was getting ready to go. And mm -hmm. uh, just had this in his back pocket and wanted to just do something that was fun and collaborative and that didn't have eight million trillion dollars at stake or suits hanging over his every d creative decision and it was it, it's full of that energy and hawk is was a perfect he's not perfectly cast in it per se but his the, all his choices and all the fun stuff yep. is just it that's what an actor like that brings to the party and the two of them together mm -hmm. are, are kind of magical in a, in a great yeah. way so yeah. And the kids, I can't stress this enough. The kids are fantastic. The kids are, yeah, because I mean, yeah, the whole thing rests on them, and they're really, really good. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So you know, we we uh, in typical fashion, Ryan and I thought we could get through all of these films in one episode. We're halfway through. Uh, we're halfway through. Um. We. But have, hey, it's a pretty uh, short episode, so maybe you won't mind another episode. Mm -hmm. Two episodes in one week—that's a novel thing for the movie there show with Dylan Ryan. It'll be a first. There you go. So, um, all right. So we are going to sign off uh, for, for right now, but we'll come back uh, and you're going to get another episode and it's going to be delightful. Two. Look for Part it. Two. One day from now, it'll be there. So you can keep yep. right on going. Yep. You can keep right on going, but we're going to, we're going to break this up just to, to give us a little, uh, give us a little chance to uh, catch our breath. Cause we got a whole bunch of fun movies uh, yet to come. So, Ooh. uh, uh, so we again we will you know you know all the things you know where to reach us facebook the twitters all the stuff the twitters the facebook we'll see you next time see you in just Bye. a little bit everybody thank you for listening to the movie show with joel and ryan remember all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people institutions or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with unless explicitly stated None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, 
Here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.